Greetings, uh, family, brothers and sisters. We want to place on record our sincere thanks and gratitude to you for joining us in this forum at this time through this medium. And uh, we trust that uh, the Word of God will find you in a receptive uh, mood, ready to receive the imparted Word of God. I know today it carries uh, lots of responsibility, lots of uh, thought has gone into today's message. And I pray that I'll be able to bring it to you in a palatable manner that you will begin, you'll be able to hear the voice of God. Find yourself uh, flowing with what God is doing, what God is saying currently. Because sometimes when we get taken up by the cares of this world and the challenges that we face on a daily basis, it gets a little bit difficult to, to decipher when God is speaking and when our own thoughts, our own fears are beginning to speak to us. And I found that the word of God is always encouraging, even if it comes with, uh, with, uh, with a challenge. But when I place my faith in Jesus, and I believe his word, that uh, his word is there to guide me and direct me, uh, will always find that even when I think it is punishment, it is actually for my good. And so I want to bring the word of God to you, which is very familiar to all of us. And, uh, but even as we worked on Matthew 24 last week, uh, Matthew 25 at least, I uh, began to see that there is more to that word than uh, we spoke about because it doesn't finish there. It gives us an instruction of how we remain prepared, remain expecting that any time the Lord can return, not return as some have uh, spoken about, you know, Jesus coming to steal his church. I don't believe in that. I believe God coming to his strong church. And when he come to his strong church, his church will be an overcomer, an overcoming church not one that is so browbeaten by the enemy that it's looking for a way of escape. The way of escape that God said he will make for us, it says when <clears throat> we find ourselves bound by sin and uh, having fallen short of the glory of God, God said then he will make a way of escape. And so escaping as in running, running away from the challenges that we face, I don't believe in that escapism. I believe in a God who knows his body. For he said, I am building my church that the gates of hell shall not be able to prevail against. So I really don't believe in the church that needs to run away from the strong devil because that's what it implies. Even though that uh, those uh, proponents of the rapture, they never tell you that they are actually telling you that uh, the church will become so weak and the devil will become so strong that God will have no option but to come and steal his bride. <laughs> I don't believe that because according to Matthew 25, it simply says that we must be prepared. 
it is only the foolish uh, uh, virgins that uh, did not have themselves in readiness for the imminent coming of the Lord and uh, don't have a, a, a full view of how he's going to come to his church. But I fully understand that his coming is continuous. It's never a once-off event. Um, he comes through, uh, we've uh, seen many revivals uh, that uh, have happened upon the earth. And, uh, and so he continues revisiting his church just to once again uh, cause his church to, to know that they believe in the living God who is active. You know, some religions, their God has never spoken. They have never heard him speak at any time. And yet they have remained true to whatever their prophet has told him. And the church serves a living God, but they need to be assured on a daily basis that God is for them and never against him. You know, I wish the church will come to a, a position and a place of maturity that even if I didn't hear God speak, I am still able to trust him that he is for me and never against me. And so having said that, I looked once again, Matthew 25, and I find in verse 14, it gives us a responsibility that, uh, you know, I, I went back again looking from the time that Jesus began to speak in parables, that there was, uh, there is a building up to, uh, to what he delivers to us in Matthew 14. That's what I'm, I'm concentrating on today. Not to say it is exclusively that at that time only. There are many scriptures that, that will concur with what I'm about to say. But um, I just looked at... Uh, uh, the preceding uh, uh, chapters, uh, I think it was uh, chapter uh, 20, Matthew 20, we uh, began to see that most of, the, most of us are concentrating on uh, those things. Um, I think we, uh, I looked at, in Matthew 20, where we are told about uh, the laborers that were hired and at different uh, intervals of time they were brought in to go into the master's uh, field and begin to do work. And, uh, and then uh, there were some that were looking for their rewards before they even began to do the work. And what I realize is when you come into the kingdom of God, when you are in the kingdom of God, when you are about to embark or journey with God in that you become a witness for those things that he has spoken, do not look for outcomes. Because when you look for outcomes, then you will go to the highest bidder. You would look where you're going to get most mileage. We are going to choose whom to witness to. Well, it's, it's very easy for a pastor to get caught up in that, that I will go and bring that person into the kingdom because they're going to be beneficial because of their wealth. We would want to draw them close to us. And then we would want to pander to those that are tithing into the church and want to, be make, want to make friends with them. And not to say it is wrong to make friends with anybody, but I'm just saying, don't look for the 
external outcomes for how you serve God. And the Matthew 20 gives us that scenario of uh, the guys that began to complain with the master when he began to reward for the work that was done. It was the complaining, you know, the, these guys here, uh, we have come now. I mean, in the, the first lot that were hired had no problem about the wages. They just took, they just came in and began to work. But when the other guys came in late, when they were rewarded the same, the guys in the front began to complain about uh, their reward. And uh, let's not get caught up in that. Let's stay focused on what God has called us to do. And uh, let's allow God to determine what the, our allotment is. And I tell you what, God pays far more than what you can negotiate for. And then uh, we find in verse 27 that... Uh, <clears throat> Um, uh, James and John's mother comes and he wants, uh, she wants to negotiate where her sons needs to be positioned in God. You know, don't uh, get caught up also in the position in the church. You just learn how to serve. When you serve, God will position you. And then uh, 29 to 34, and uh, I, I read there, that's all chapter 20, um, I read there that uh, they was, uh, the place became uh, crowded. And uh, I, my note on that was, do not allow yourself to be suffocated by the crowd, but cry to the Lord that your eyes may be opened. You can go and look it up in uh, Matthew 24. You'll find that sometimes we can be in a crowded place. Crowded place can mean that uh, you are in this uh, vibe and the environment is so beautiful that you get caught up with what is going on and lose sight of God. I'm uh, urging you, do not lose sight of God. Do not lose sight of the kingdom of God. <clears throat> and in uh, Matthew 21, uh, verse 18, Jesus goes and he looks at the... Uh, on his journey to Jerusalem, he finds a fig tree and uh, he needs some sustenance and he finds a fig tree is only full of beauty, but it hasn't got the fruit. And so be careful of your fruitfulness. And then 22, there's a banquet that is being prepared. You know, all leads up uh, to a crescendo of uh, where I am going to. Verse Chapter 25, then of verse 14, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered to them his goods. Oh, by the way, I was supposed to have reminded you that you need to prepare uh, for the communion table. So at the end, we're going to do communion together. Uh, getting back to this year. Matthew, as I said in the past, I don't know, maybe on the, not on this forum, but to this house, I've said that uh, Matthew is a bridge between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so most of the thing that Matthew will speak about, it is contained in the Old Testament. And uh, he sorts of uh, brings the Old Testament ideas and thoughts into his writing. And um, that's why you will read more about uh, the vineyards and all those things in Matthew. 
because uh, he's transporting uh, the old law and uh, transposing it into the new where we begin to see things uh, through the eyes of Jesus. And in, uh, so he says uh, the kingdom of heaven, of course, writing to the Jews, who then would have been offended had he said the kingdom of God, because they, they couldn't conceptualize that. The kingdom of God it could be acquainted to the human race on the earth. And so he used the word, uh, the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants. This, this is critical. It is, he called his own servants and delivered to them his goods. And, uh, and as I read that, I was so struck by that we are the custodians of the kingdom of God on the earth. How the, the earth operates, it ought to operate according to the principles of heaven, the principles of God, because the church is supposed to represent God. And unfortunately, sometimes we do lose that reality that we are here to represent God not to re represent our pastor, not to represent a congregation in which we belong to. Even all those things are correct and true. But overarching all that, it must be that we represent a God who created heaven and earth, who sits upon the throne, who uh, oversees all things, and so if he oversees all things, we cannot do our own things and then assume that God does it. We need to seek God and seek his counsel on the things that we must do, the things that we must uh, take forward. And uh, as I was looking at that, I began to look at Genesis. For it would be in Genesis that God went about and created everything that is upon the earth. And then having done all that, he went then and he created mankind. That mankind must now take responsibility for the functioning of the earth. Functioning of all things. And I found it so interesting that whatever God created on the earth, it was for the benefit of man. He gave them the trees, and every tree bears fruit, and in that fruit there is a seed, and in that seed there is the DNA that never dies but continues to bear after its kind. And so if you are part of the human race, you do not bear, as a human, you cannot bear an apple. You can only bear another human being. And in other words, in every child that is born on the earth, there is a seed to reproduce. There is a seed that is there to reproduce after its kind. And so... <clears throat> And, I, and I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, God has got more faith in us than we have faith in our own selves. And by the faith that we can garner from that, it can only come from our relationship with God. When we know God as our Father, and if God is our Father, 
he continues to nurture his children in the way that they should go. And so I looked at the, the, this here, and I'm going to read a, a little further and just see what we come up with. But I want you to keep in mind that God went to his own servants and he delivered to them his goods. In other words, he gave everything that he had created up to the point that he created man to reside upon the earth. He had made everything available and everything avails itself to you and I. And nothing that God created, that uh, he created out of nothing, he created it out of the word and he spoke them into existence just as uh, Abraham had to speak to those things that are not as though they were. You can go and uh, read it, of course, in Romans 4 verse 17. You will see that um, he spoke those things that were not. Uh, as he saw his uh, body wasting away, but because he believed that God had made a promise, he had to stay in that reality. And we need to come to that place if we have not been active in the things of God we need now to take responsibility. Let's read verse 15 of Matthew 25. And unto one he gave five talents, and to another he gave two, and to another one, and, and to another one, to every man according to his ability. And straightway he took his journey. In other words, when God places responsibility on you. He's not going to be coming to see, have you listened to me? Have you done what I asked you to do? He waits for an appointed time to come and do an, the inspection. And so, as I said last week, our lives must always be in preparation to meet with the bridegroom. I think actually I made a mistake. I said the bride <laughs> in the first one. not made a mistake. I just didn't finish what I was saying ever ready to uh, meet with a bridegroom. Verse 16, that he that had received the five talents went and he traded with the same. He done transaction. He went, he was given so much of talent. He was given five talents and he took that. You know, there's not a point that he complained about the talent, but let's read on. Never complain about the amount of talents that he got. He just simply saw an opportunity and he made use of what he was put at his disposal. Verse 16, then he that had received five talents went and traded with the same and made them an, uh, and he made other five talents. And likewise, the, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But the, he that received one, went and he digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And so, <clears throat> I don't know if uh, the landowner went and uh, he said, okay, to this one here in front of everybody, I don't believe he done that. He just simply places inside of you several ability. Oh, according to your willingness, he says, you will make transaction. You will go and become a business person because we're speaking transactions here. 
We trade. You go and you trade. You have to learn how to, as I said last week, iron sharpens iron. And so that which God has placed inside of your heart, you go and place it in somebody else's disposal. And they, in turn, are able to invest in your life by being a blessing to you, by uh, giving you the word of God. And out of the word of God comes then the transactions. That is how you trade in the talents that God has placed at your disposal. And let, let's just read on. Let's read on. And verse 20 says, And he that had received five talents came... No, no, verse 19. He says, After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and reckoned with them. Reckoning means he wanted an account of what they had done with that which he had placed at their disposal. So the, five, the one that had five talents, he presents another five talents. And he says, Lord, you gave me five. And I have gone and transacted with this uh, five you gave me. And I have gained another five. And listen to what it said. Uh, verse 21, and his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. Now listen. It's a few things to God because he gave him five talents. And five talents are speaking of full grace, full ability in other words. And what the master says, you have been faithful in a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. You see, God simply multiplies. Or the implication, yeah, it says uh, the landowner or uh, a man that is traveling afar, I mean, it speaks about Jesus. It speaks about God. It's just a veiled language to those that were blinded by their religion. But uh, it's speaking about the kingdom of God. He says, behold, uh, okay, uh, I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Now see, I think I've heard this here being spoken before. And I've heard that this comes when we get to heaven. Sorry, mate. It's not there. It is here on earth. This is not a funeral uh, scripture. This is how we transact. This is how the word teaches us. God will treat us. When you get busy with the things of God, God says to you and I, because you have been faithful in a little, to the man's eyes, the one who received five talents, for him he had done great because he had doubled what God had placed in his hand. And God says to that servant, you have been faithful in a few. I'm going to give you responsibility over many things. Enter into my joy. It doesn't say, you know, welcome to heaven. No, he says, enter into my joy, in my joy. In other words, as we have the sign at the back of us here. When you begin to enjoy what you are doing, you can do greater things. Enjoy your salvation in Jesus and then you will see how easy it becomes to witness for the Lord.
Verse 22, he also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, you gave me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside the ones that you gave me. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord, of your Lord. You see, it wasn't uh, that one gained so much. It was you done the will of the Father. You transacted with the gifts that he has placed at your disposal. Let us hear now over the other guy. Verse 24. Then he which had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that you are a hard man. reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid, and hid your talent in the earth. Lo, there you can take your talent back. <laughs> oh my goodness. You see, even if he had traded with that one, God would have said to him, you are such a faithful servant. That which I delivered to you, you used it. You have gained another one talent. You have been faithful in a few things. I will from now on make you or give you charge over many things. It's the same thing. So it is not how much you have done that is important to God. It is, are you doing anything at all with that which God has placed at your disposal? I find it so ironic that uh, we can find excuses and learn, have learned how to blame God. You are a hard man. And so I know that you're just going to take things even where you have not placed labor. He's already judging God. That God, okay, is saying you are sovereign, you can do anything that you want. But that's the crux of the matter is, what have you done with that which God has placed at your disposal? That is a question that begs to be answered. What are you doing with the grace that God has placed at your disposal? Are you at least in your lifetime as a believer in Jesus? Have you told somebody? I mean, we can have a discussion around this here. We can uh, say, well, I've shared my testimony. Or um, we have spoken, and so I've spoken to somebody. But have you gone to somebody? As I said in the beginning, don't go to those that look the likely candidate for salvation. Go to the highways and the byways. Go and look for the down and out and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Or whatever God will have you to share. It is not about preaching, guys. Let me impress that upon your heart today. 
It is not about how well you preach. It is about how relevant you are to the people that might be going through a difficult time, those that might be needing help, those that need to uh, simply somebody to come alongside them and say, I believe in you. That's all is necessary at times to turn somebody's life around. There are so many people that are living a condemned life. They do not need the church to come and condemn them further. I have absolutely no right from this podium and this position to tell you that if you die outside of Christ, you are going to hell. I got no idea. I know hell exists. I know hell is reserved for those that uh, will deliberately turn away from God. I don't know about those that have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know the word of God says, I have written my laws upon their hearts. So therefore, those that do not know Jesus and have died, the law will become the measure with which their judgment is made. Did they live a lawful life according to God's word? Because there's some laws, I'm, I'm not talking about earthly governments, because there's some laws that, that need to be uh, rejected, rejected, because there are some unjust laws that the governments of the earth are promulgating today. They're making it that... Uh, we all do things that are contrary to the word of God. I'm talking about the law of God. If you have lived lawfully under the law of God, then if you have never heard of Jesus Christ, those people, I'm, I'm just saying for, the, for those that uh, uh, have, got, have had loved ones who have passed on, not knowing Jesus, having never said Yes, to the Lord. But having not, I'm talking about those that never heard. I'm not talking about those that rejected um, the preaching of God's word. I'm talking about those that never heard. They never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some are living among us. They've never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Simply because we have sat back and not lived in accordance with scripture because if I live according to scripture, even the unbeliever, the one who's never heard about Jesus, at my presence, they should be convicted. They should be. They should be. They ought to. If I live a holy life, live in accordance with the word of God, conviction will come. I know there are those that, that go deliberately to use foul language, to be... Uh, obnoxious simply because they are challenging the, 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 the grace of God in your life. I've seen that. I've experienced that. But I know the conviction they can never run away from. They can swear all the while. They can uh, all they want, but they cannot get away from the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That is always my prayer, that my life must carry such grace, such anointing, that when I come into their presence, conviction will be the one that speaks louder than my words.
It has to happen that way. Because I know, I've seen, I've seen people challenging God's grace in my life. I've seen that. And uh, I, I can't fight about it. All I can say, Lord, let your light shine. So shine in me that men will see. Even in the mess up of uh, different religions coming together, I need to say, Lord, let that which you have placed inside of me now speak. And I've seen that. I've seen that. I've experienced that. And, uh, I think Marty has uh, shared this here at a wedding. Uh, it was some party in Marisburg that we, I think it was a wedding. And uh, one guy, he was busy uh, drinking. And uh, unfortunately, when we went and we sat next to their table, and there was such a deep conviction over him that he had to come and apologize to me for drinking in my presence. I mean, he didn't know me from Adam. And yet a conviction of the Holy Spirit came upon him. And there's been several times that I've experienced that. At the hospital in Newcastle, I went to visit somebody and there was a person that came under conviction. Look, uh, it's not something that I go and impose. It is God that just opens people's eyes. And so all I can ask you is uh, Matthew 25. Be like the five virgins who went prepared. They just simply prepared themselves. They didn't know the hour that uh, the bridegroom was going to come. All they knew was he is coming. And so... Each and every one of us knows that there's a day that is coming that we have to reckon with God. And so, reckoning with God, come, God coming and say like, right, like to the, the guys that, that were given the different talents, he said, okay, let's take stock of what you have done with that which I placed inside of you. So we need to keep ourselves reminded that it is any time, but in my any time, it is, I'm not counting on the return of Jesus tomorrow, nor am I counting on Jesus coming to take me away tomorrow. I am counting on living a full life, whatever that full life is. And I've declared that, that I will see my great-grandchildren I have seen my grandchildren. Oh, yes, they are still young at the moment, but my reality is I will see my great-grandchildren. I will see them. I will see them. I'm not in a hurry for them to uh, have babies. I want them to experience their youth. I want them to experience uh, independence. I want them to be able to go and work for themselves acquire the things that they will need, then they can go and find somebody else to be when they are prepared. You know, I've, I've heard uh, uh, young children, they just come out of school and they go and get married. What life have they led? What independence have they actually experienced? They have no experience. That is why so quickly you find there's a problem in a marriage because they've run to get married way before their time. Okay, 
I mean, I was one of those. I got married at 21, Buddha. Got married young. But I had a reason for that. I had a reason for that. So I can excuse myself and say, <laughs> I had a good reason. I think I've explained to you guys many times. I had a valid reason. I needed to establish myself as a man. I had lived under the shadow of everybody else. And now the time had come for me to establish myself as a man and to have my own house. I had to. I had to. I was not earning much when I got married. But I'm telling you, when I did get married, I had my own money to finance my own wedding. Nobody put a cent towards my wedding. I financed my own wedding. And so I'm not talking about irresponsibly going to get married. I'm saying prepare yourself because especially if you're a believer, you want to go into marriage and say this is for keeps. This is until death do us part. Not only just staying in a commitment, but staying in a position of love, staying in a position of caring for one another. Those are just some of the things that you are talented for. And that is to keep your wife happy. And that is to keep your husband happy. And, uh, but you cannot come into a marriage to make somebody else happy. Because if they are not happy before you get there, then you're gonna have a struggle. If they are not competent to do things, <coughs> not going to talk about frying eggs, okay? Those are just small things. But I'm talking about your spirit man. Where is your spirit man positioned? And I am saying, church, it is time we woke up. From the foundations of the earth, God gave Adam and Eve responsibility. He uh, created heaven and earth, he created all things, and then he placed them in a garden, and he said, cultivate it. He said, you must uh, multiply, be fruitful, and multiply. And then we come in Matthew, as I say, there's a bridge, come to Matthew, and he puts it maybe slightly differently, and he says there was a man who was on a journey, and he called his own servants and he entrusted the running of the affairs of his kingdom to men, to you and I. We have been entrusted with the responsibility to transact in the things of the kingdom, to make them reproduce after their own kind. And... Uh, uh, I want to, as a, a scripture in, I think it's in Romans again. If you find yourself that you are in lack, that uh, things have begun to wane, that uh, uh, maybe you're not in a position to hear what I'm saying practically, let me take you again to Romans 4, verse 17. I've quoted this uh, even last week. 
Let me just read it for you. And then I'm going to close with that, and then we're going to have communion, okay? The latter part of it. Well, let's just read the whole thing. As it is written, which of course it is uh, quoting uh, Genesis 17:25. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and called those things which are not as though they were. Quickeneth means God will make alive. That you will begin to call those things that you thought were past you. You will call those things that right now don't look like it. You will call them into existence. I know some people will say, do we have the, the wherewithal to call those things that are not as though they are? I believe if it is in line with your mandate, if especially you have a passion for souls and you do not have transport, I dare say, if your motivation to ask God for the car, it is because you want to go out and bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can call that car that you don't have into being. It's not going to materialize out of fresh air. It could very well be that somebody will bless you with a car. It could very well be that God will place you in a job situation where you're going to make enough money to be able to buy a car. But make sure that those things you call into being are for the right purpose. Don't go and ask God for the car to go and make funny games out of it and go and be stupid about it. God blesses you because he knows your heart. Because he knows your heart. He knows that you are going to do those things that you ask for. And so I urge you today, God will make, you know, there's some of you that have had big dreams, but things have just turned so desperately against you. Go back again to God. Present your heart to him. Speak to him. He is your father. You know, there's some things that I know you can't share with some people because they will either laugh at you and then you get discouraged or they will tell you it is just too grand to become a reality. There's some of those things that you need to hold close to your heart, but you speak to your father. Speak to your father. When it comes to important things, speak to your father. Do not allow yourself to be pulled this way or that way. Stay in faith and say, God, I have had these dreams. I have had this desire. But, your Lord, things are not working out. Would you, like you did for Abraham, make those thoughts alive again, that I be restored to you? Because I see you have gifted me with talents, and I have used my talents 
but somehow I seem to be depleted. I know it is possible to even not be able to pray. Go back to God again. Drag yourself back to God again and let him revive you. You cannot take, I don't know what energy boosters you might take, vitalities or whatever people take to feel alive again. You know, can make the body feel alive, but if your spirit is not alive, even a revived body can be dejected. So come back to Jesus. Pick up your responsibility of uh, knowing the talents that those talents are working. And when those talents work for you, God is a rewarder of them. Proverbs uh, 8 is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. As I said last week, don't ask for promises. Ask to find God in every situation that you find yourself in. God bless you. God keep you safe until we meet again next week. But before we shut, can we just have communion this morning? Because I believe communion is important. Because Jesus would not have said, um, do this as often as you come together. And so as often as we come together, we used to do this as a family one time. Um, every morning that we would have communion. I know it gets difficult when uh, you have to run to work or whatever the problems might be in the home. It's difficult to sit and be sincere. I'm not talking about just taking this here as well, that that's what we're supposed to do. I'm talking about sincerity, purity of heart. Do it because you honor God in your life. It's part of honoring God. It's part of paying homage to God. And that is to take communion. That which he died for, you need to receive into your life. Not condemnation, but liberation from condemnation. Come to Jesus. And let's partake of the Lord's table this morning. <clears throat> you can take your bread. Take your cup. And we raise it up before God. Say, Heavenly Father, this morning, I want to thank you for the body that was broken for me. I want to thank you for the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. I know that if it wasn't for the cross, I would not know Jesus the way I do now. And so I pray this morning that you will open my eyes, that I might see you high and lifted up, so that I might soar with you. And if as, even as we partake of these emblems, we ask your God that you bless it to our bodies. In Jesus' name, amen. You may partake. God is good. 
and his grace and his mercy endures forever. Do not let circumstances get you down. Stay above those things. When challenges come, cry out to, uh, unto God and ask him, Lord, open my eyes. Lord, quicken my spirit that I might connect to you and live for the kingdom of God. God bless you.